Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Alfa Romeo Driver podcast brought to you by the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. I'm Chiara Schoen and with me to discuss the club's new nationwide section for younger members, I have Ragazzi Chairman Sam Butler and Section Secretary Sophie King. Good afternoon, everyone. Hello. Hi, everyone. So how did you guys both get into Alfa Romeo in the first place? Okay, so I grew up in peak top year when Clarkson was raving about them, basically, and it, and it was the old adage of, you know, you, you went to actual end until you had an Alfa Romeo. I'm sure that's a massive cliche now that said, oh, most young people that are getting into it, but that, for me, kind of always stuck. And actually, weirdly, I remember never really knowing what they looked like or anything like that from kind of being a young kid. So I kind of grew up around, I don't know, like... 155 five, through to kind of 147 time. And it's when I started seeing the number plates, like the offset number plates, that sort of kind of started getting me going, oh yeah, they look different. So it's all cars. And so all of a sudden I kind of started paying attention to it. And so when I started driving, I remember thinking, I want one. Like I always wanted, but I always thought they were quite unattainable. And interestingly, I, I didn't have one until I probably was driving about four or five years. So before, but I'd always had quirky cars. So before I got the first Alfa, it was actually in an NGZT, which if, if you've never seen one, they're basically a Rover, but with a BMW diesel engine in them, they're quite, I remember it being referred to as, as the Hurtus by most of my friends who were around me at the time. It was like 20 wild driving this, yeah, rather flamboyant looking, but still quite, I guess quite classy looking car. And yeah, I ended up getting into an Alfa Romeo Muto after that. And the, the MG inevitably died because MGs quite often do. <laughs> yeah, so my, my first car thing, like most people my age getting into it. And Alfa now, I got into a Muto and it was 155 TB. So it was 2009 one just before they started putting, just before they started putting the multi air engines into the latch. I can't remember what the what engine was in that, but it was a long five five and it absolutely went like sink and it was amazing in alpha red. And the only thing that was wrong with it was that and thirty two six speed gearbox that was in it that I basically shredded in the space of about two years. And I can remember the the bearing just going ping one day and the gearbox and the gear stick just flying back out into Oh my gosh. Other, but yeah that that was my first proper alpha and i absolutely loved it and actually as sad as it sounds now and then i will still go and check the mot and data on it to see if it's still the rage because i'm fully open one day that i find it again on the road or well yeah this i think it's still the road i'm pretty sure the last time i checked it was still the road i'm not actually sure am i able to i'm able to stay out a registration plate on hey podcast i don't know they might start quite a story. If you own you and GUD and it's still out there, I want to buy it. Please call me up and tell me. I might buy it back off of you. But yeah, but yeah, so that was my first alpha, and I've been hooked on them ever since, pretty much. They've just got a real thing about them, all So that's been me ever since then. Were they quite popular when you got yours, or was it just you that was kind of out of the norm and went for one? I remember. A friend of mine talking about going and getting a Mito when we were kind of first, definitely in like the early days of passing our test, I remember one of my friends thinking about getting a Mito and mentioning it, and was all going, I'm okay, fair enough. Someone's doing well. 
and then as it said that he he went and got polo unfortunately oh, okay. so that was so i was actually the first one to get an alpha oh this obviously typically gets the usual reliability jokes and everything else but genuinely that car was bulletproof yeah, the only thing that let it down was the gearbox which technically is an alpha anyway so mm. yeah i will it, it redeemed itself very well but yeah no it wasn't the way particularly popular but i think it's just because at the time Mitos were still quite new so we are passing 2011 Mitos were only like two years old at the time so they were the easiest cars to get hold of you know kind of second hand or for a decent price but yeah at the minute i could get one i did and as i just said i haven't regretted it what about you said for what was your is it what was your first so my first alpha was a yellow Mito fondly nicknamed Moses. <laughs> I think I actually seen that one quite a lot. I must have did, yeah. Yeah, he, he went everywhere. We went down to Festival Italia one year, Brands Hatch, which is about, I don't even know how many miles, but it was such a good day as well. He's gone up to, he went up to Scotland with me and he did not let me down at one point whatsoever. I do, I do miss him, but I only sold him in February, so it's kind of bug. I can't really ask to buy him back at this point. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it's a love-hate relationship with Alpha sometimes. I've got a Juliet now, and I'm enjoying it. But you do still kind of miss your first Alpha, I think. <laughs> yeah. What made you go to a Juliet then, instead of sticking with the Mikos? I just wanted something a bit bigger, I think. I think I wanted something that's going to be a bit more practical going forward. I'm not saying the Mito is not practical, because it is still quite a big car, I think. But yeah, I wanted a five door really, bigger boot. And plus my Mito was only the 78 brake horsepower. So couldn't really pull skin off a rice pudding, but <laughs> I've gone from that to a 170 brake horsepower. So quite a bit of a difference. So I'm still getting used to it, that's for sure. <laughs> I bet having 78 horsepower though, like I know that, that most people would scoff at that, but I bet you could absolutely kick it. And, it, and obviously because you were never breaking any, probably never really breaking too many speeds, like you could just really give it beans. Oh yeah, you can ju- you can just kind of just like rag it as much as you try to so <laughs> yeah. it, it, it wouldn't break on you, that's for sure. It'd be absolutely fine. <laughs> listen, see that, yeah, no, I'm on board with that because this is yeah. definitely what has, I mean, I can't say anything because I don't think I've, I haven't really got a car that isn't, you know, in some way nippy anymore, but I definitely miss the days of having like, I, I think by the summer, very first car was like Peugeot 306 that had like 90 horsepower. And it didn't have turbo or anything that I remember just, you could just belt that everywhere. Yeah. And obviously within, within reason and within legal limits, but you could absolutely belt that everywhere. And it was a lot of fun. And you, you, yeah, you just never really had to worry about putting it in a hedge. Whereas yeah. you had a lot of the colors that you get now, it doesn't take much to put them upside down. And yeah. I've, 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 I live nearby, perhaps I've seen plenty of S3s and one series. More than I could probably count on one hand, scarily, that been bins in ditches on a particular corner. Yeah. Well, yeah, even down where I live, all the time, if you see a car breaking down, to be honest, I've never seen an Alfa Romeo breaking down near where I live. It's yeah. more like you were saying, like Audi or BMW, stuff like that. And for me, like my first car is what I have now is Mito because I haven't been driving very long. And it's only 120 brake, 
but it's like a little pocket rocket. Yeah. You can rag it anywhere. And even though it's not the fastest car on the road, it's still got quite a lot of power for a little car. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing that really does it for Alpha as well is just the way that they held up. Oh, yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I remember that being the first thing that really got me into it was how quickly you could turn the wheel and the car was following it. And I think it was really, I used to refer to it as like driving on rails or driving on Velcro. It was just like, they just turn it and hit a corner so well. Yeah. And, and, you know, let's face it, most roads around here, you can't actually get most of the power out of the car anyway. So, you know, the place that you have fun is when you hit the V roads, when you hit the, like, I mean, I've, I've got the peep district on the doorstep, so you can just go out and, and rack it all over the little corners and stuff that are going out. And you never really get more than like 40, 50 miles an hour. But when you do, it's it's just so much fun being able to chuck them around. Yeah. So, what color do you always say, Jara? Red. And it's really yes. ironic because it's called Julieta Red, but it's a meetup. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I actually, honestly, like my dad's always had Alphas. He had a red Julieta as well. So, it was like mine was kind of the mini version of his car. My granddad's always had them too. So that's kind of how I got into them. And honestly, since I've had this car, I've had so much fun with it. Like doing all the modifications and stuff like that. And even like just driving it in general. I went on a road trip to Wales a couple years back in it. So speaking, like Sophie was saying about Moses and stuff like that, never broke down. It was really reliable. And when you drive along the roads in Wales, it's absolutely gorgeous and a lot of fun because there's a load of corners. Yeah, it's it's really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just about to say we live near Wales, so we do oh, really? go there quite often. Yeah, well, we live in Worcestershire. It's it's close enough to Wales. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the roads around there are just insane, and it just does it. The car handles so well, especially on those B roads and stuff. It's just incredible. <laughs> and so, Kiara, is your your family Italian speaking right, Marais? Yeah, so my mum's Italian, and then my dad met her in Italy, so I'm half British, half Italian, so it's quite a good mix, actually. I get the wise of both worlds. It's also the best Alfred endorsement, clearly. But yeah. it's probably a good time, then. Yeah, probably. So you can tell, because I've heard this from a couple of people already, obviously talking about having a group called Ragazzi. Can we can we cut this to bed? What does Ragazzi mean in Italian? Yeah, so ragazzi is like a group of people. And if you're using it as a plural, ragazzi can be referred to guys and girls. So it's really annoying when people say, oh, no, ragazzi is just for guys or this and that. No, because if you're calling a group of people over, like in English, you're saying, oh, everyone or guys or people come here. That's the same as when you say ragazzi. It's just like saying young people, you know? It's just like... Yeah. A- a generic term so when people just say oh no it's a bit not nice to call the group ragazzi because it's just referring to men or like like young guys it's not true it's for girls and boys so that's the end of that (laughs) you have heard it here first this is exclusive lots of press yeah well that's bad now useful oh but i i think Honestly, finding a name for this group took ages. Mm. Like, actually, find one that people agreed on, especially because we have so many now. We have the modified group, we have alpha female, and then and all the separate groups for each part of the UK. Obviously, we wanted something that kind of stood out a little bit, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, we got kind of read the cash assets a bit as well, doesn't it? You know, we did, but we, we alpha is inherently 
an Italian brand and we wanted to keep some of that Italian heritage in it as well. Part of the pull, I think particularly for, say for me, like I'm speaking for everybody, but obviously not, but I, I love all things Italian. There's, there's just an elegance and an essence to it that drags you in and whether that's yeah. like you know italian clothing italian colors whatever it is i love the fact that we've kept an italian word in the name i'm sure we'll probably hear something from people that prefer it to gnarly tank nails whenever they want to call it but you know <laughs> again that that's just for me it's just i'm glad that i'm glad that we're going down the route of how it should be and then keep it some italian heritage and that yeah. yeah, I agree with that because that's where Alpha's come from. So I think it's a good it's good to keep a link back to that. And then also all the stuff now, for example, all the new Alphas, they're still all called Italian names. It's, it hasn't changed since they first no. came out till now. It's always been an Italian name for each car. And it just shows how they just want to stick to that. And that's like their morals in a sense, because I feel like, now a lot of car brands and stuff are just all like they're all the same really because they've all got these numbers or they've got similar names and then just like boring and you can't really tell the difference but each alpha is completely different like selvia the quadrifoglio like it's completely different whilst with not no offense to people who like bmw and stuff but you have like e36 they have another number, they have this now, and I'm like, what's the difference between these ones? <laughs> yeah, 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 I get it. I'm actually, I really want to test drive this now, though. And there's a couple of free slots coming up this week, Beach Town at Derby, which is probably one of the closest. Yeah, I think there's a one now, actually, to the Stonecker Chesterfield's closest one week, but Beach Selling, Derby's got a group of slots. And I've heard some really good stuff about the plugging in libraries version. Of the Tonali, and so I've, I've seen, so I've seen the Miles Hybrid one in those lounge. But I suppose this is a bit of an interesting topic, really, because I'm like, so thirty, so I'm kind of like pushing the age gap on regards to the anyway. But have either of you driven a hybrid jet or an electric car? No, I haven't yet. But I'm not too keen on the idea. To be honest, yeah, I'm the same. I just, I, I just prefer a car that's got probably longer range, and I don't know what the range is on them, to be honest, but. Yeah. When we're traveling around and stuff, I prefer something that I know it's not going to take me like ages to charge at a petrol station or something like that. Yeah, like actually, the other week I was in Westfield and they had all these Fiat 500s, like the new hybrid ones. And out of curiosity, I was asking prices and like how you charge and stuff like that. And they were saying, oh, you'd actually pay like 33 grand for the actual car. And then on top of that, like, two or three grand to have the charger in, installed in like your garden or whatever and i'm just thinking you've already paid that much for a car and then you've got to pay for the battery like the charger as well i just think it's quite a lot of money for how much power and how much charge life yeah. you get for the car but obviously that can change because who knows they're probably going to get longer battery lives and stuff yeah. in the future but then when you look at, I don't know, Teslas as well, then some people say the opposite. They say they're really good cars, cars and they're really fast. So I think it's just a 50-50 thing still with them. Yeah. So, I've, yeah, my my only experience with, with uh, plug-in hybrids is I had a Mitsubishi Outlander for kind of like the, moving the kids around. And the one thing I would say about electric driving is 
if you're in a city or if you're in a town or if you're kind of, you know, just around generally and not really giving it anything, but you want a bit of comfort, nothing quite matches having just that immediate but really controlled. It's almost like gliding. It's like this kind of like gliding power that you get from it. And that side of it's really good. The one thing that I did find with that car, and I'll be interested to see if it's the same with the Sally, is the, the kind of difference between going from the internal combustion engine through to the electric engine, or even when you're using both. With the Outlander, it felt really clunky, and moving from one to the other, you could really feel this like lagging going between one from the next. And I know that things have moved on a bit since then, but it'll be really interesting to see how that works. And I really want the Sally to work. I, think it, yeah. and, I mean, it's already looking really promising in Europe, but it's a gorgeous car. I know everybody's got opinions on SUVs and small SUVs versus hatchbacks and everything else. But, you know, I've, I've had a Celebrio and I've got a need for a big car. And for me, I've had, yeah, I really want the Celebrio to do well. I'm throwing some pretty good stuff about that for the library, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. But I do get why electric's not there for a lot of people yet. I think it's just, it, it is expensive infrastructure to get installed. And particularly if you don't beg in your house, You've got to, you've got all the stuff to go off with, like landlords and everything else. And if they don't want to pay for it, you're paying for it. You've then got infrastructure. I mean, like a one electric charger in an Asda near us that works. There are usually three, but one only ever works. And you you get in a queue of people when you get there. Like there's a queue of five or six people there every time you get there, just wanting to plug the car in. And it's so when you had your old hybrid car, electric car, did you just do that to charge it then, go to the shop and just plug it in there all the time? Or did you have like some kind of charger near your house or something? So I used to, I used to they, they call it a granny charger, but I used the old kind of like plug, three pen plug and um, plugged it to look. But you only really got 30 miles out of a charge on that. Yeah. And it's, it still took about six hours to charge it fully. Oh but if you took it to... So if you took it to Asda, you basically were only allowed to charge it. And this isn't just Asda, by the way, for the purposes of the podcast. This is any fast charging point, as far as I'm aware. It would only take 80% of the charge, and then it would cut out to stop the battery overheating. Because mm. the speed of the charge that you're giving it, basically, it can damage the battery if it goes over a certain amount. So, you know, we ended up having to do basically free. You could charge it there, and it was free. It, it is defense, but you still only got like 20 something miles out of it, which if I'd have driven it there to charge it and then driven it back, I'd have used two thirds of that by the time I got home anyway. Mm. But the, the downside was I got like 15, 20 miles to the gallon off of it after that, because the, the car's that big, but it wasn't really, it was just swallowing petrol once the battery ran out. So it wasn't really a cost effective thing. No, I, yes and no. Like, it was good. You could drive. So there's a place in Nottingham where you could drive through the bus lanes if you've got an electric car, which is great. But on the on the other side of it, I feel like I feel like it's come on a lot since then. But I'm not particularly sure. I'm not sure I'm ready to make the jump yet. But I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to test driving this nowadays. Yeah, at least you'll get like the experience, and then you can actually see if you want to make that jump after you actually test driven it and seen if it's good or not. Yeah, that's for sure. I have boats for Alpha, but I don't know. <laughs> but, no, 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 I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to seeing what what that next car that they bring out there, because especially to bring that supercar out. Oh, I think it's the next year or the year after. Fingers crossed. Most forward to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
less than another off the six ago. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Sophie? Have you driven any any hybrid or electric cars or no? Again, I just I haven't any that really interest me to the point where I think I'd make that jump. To be honest, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to keep going to the supermarket like Sam because that just sounds really like a pain. <laughs> but yeah, I I think I would probably drive the Tenale. I'd, I'd like to give it a try because I've seen it at Spring Alpha Day and it looked absolutely beautiful. All the colours was it was gorgeous. But yeah, I think it's I think there needs to be a lot more infrastructure around electric cars before before I make the job. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Spring Alpha Day, like the Facebook group that we launched, it had literally like trebled in size since the announcement for Spring Alpha Day, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. amazing. Said, yeah. It was really good because I, I obviously couldn't make it Spring Alpha Day because Me neither. Both my offers are being repaired at the moment. Right. I mean, but yeah, <laughs> it was really good to see the follows coming in like follow requests coming in straight after that and see how many people started sharing the cars and seeing the variety that we've got as well. It's really good by the variety of people and the variety of cars that are coming into it too. For sure. What are your plans actually for when it actually officially launches at National Alpha Day? Well, between now and then, we need to actually figure out for sure what what this group's going to be able to do. I mean, we've got a mass of talent on the committee, which is really exciting. So we've got obviously people who are skilled in audio, like yourself, Kiara, we've got graphic designers, we've got people who work in tech, we've got and and their arts manager projects, we've got social media managers, content creators. It is we've got tons of really talented people that are really keen to make some of this and same thing I'm gonna almost kind of joint secretary this, but I've kind of said, you know what, I want to give these people more chance to prove what they want to do with it and i'm almost just going to kind of sit in the corner like the old one with the cane just bumping everything now and then and saying oh this might be a good idea but it's yeah we, we've got really interesting people who want to do a lot of really interesting stuff with this and the thing that i said i think probably my main contribution to this was just saying i want to make this one of the most talked about car clubs in the uk and i don't think that's not not a difficult ask but i don't think it's impossible Alpha's got a really interesting community around it. And you, so you've got people who really care about the aesthetic of the cars, clearly care about the ownership of the cars, and everybody sticks together around it as well. It's quite, I know, I know that Alpha refers to it now as the tribe. This one quite joining the tribe, and it generally just feel like they're the tribe. And I think we're going to get some of that coming out of what we plan on doing with it, basically. But it's a long way of saying we've got nothing down on paper yet, but what we need to do and is take a look at what some of the other car clubs are doing. I mean, I've already seen there are car clubs out there that basically do camps and parties at, at the general events, obviously more tailored to the east side of things. We've obviously got festivals out there that we can tap into. There are more than enough airports and runways around here that we can tap into for things like drag racing and stuff like that. So there's lots of stuff that we can do. We just need to figure out what we're, what we're capable of doing, really. So we've got from now until August, which is only three months, which is scary. Seems so, far away, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it before we know it. But we've got three months, so that's at least three committee meetings. That's however many times we could pop up in group chats and say, right, okay, can we build out? I think if we can build out five to ten clear things that we want to do between now and then, 
while keeping some of the content flowing again on the channels that we've got just to keep people interested and keep talking about the cars so it was i think we'll get a pretty good first year out of that like i don't want us to run before we can walk because we need to not burn anybody out but i think we can do some pretty good stuff in the first year so for sure i mean by like seeing the progress we've made so far anyways it's already like a leap not even a step We've done all of the TikTok, we've done the Facebook group, we've already planned quite a lot of stuff between us in the committee meetings and everything. So I think, because as you were saying, we have a lot of talented people and the main thing as well is we haven't just got talented people, but also people who volunteered, they actually want to do this. So I think that is a positive side and that's really going to help us with this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the TikTok channel started a few weeks ago, but what else do you think we're going to do kind of media-wise to try and attract people to the group? Because I know, obviously, there's a stereotype with car clubs, like with Alfa Romeo, Ferrari, stuff like that, that's more for the older generations. And obviously, we're trying to attract younger people to join. So how do you think we can help that, really? Well... The, I mean, the Ogres Club, we're talking around 10 to 15% for within the Regatti membership. So that's still a good few hundred people, which, you know, you, you go to a local car club or like you even just pop up to a, see a various kind of business park, car park at 11 o'clock at night. There are, you can't get that many people together. It won't go no matter how large you try. So it'll be good to see if we can get as many of those as possible interested and then start to show what I don't even know what it's all about. I'd love to see more people put away whatever preconception they've got of Alpha and Mayo and actually go yeah. on and get one and get involved. Yeah. This party so much it's it's back from like Alpha sub days and that's just madness. It's like back from collided eighties, seventies, eighties of like Alpha Paps having a bit a few too many Friday cars and now all of a sudden everyone thinks that they're unreliable. Yeah. The whole staring. Like, yeah, so it'd be it'd be really good to get more people into them. I think the TikTok cacao that we've got. I, I mean, even before this, I, I followed a lot of car content on TikTok and Alpha actually does pretty well on there. Interestingly, I think it gets, it piques a lot of people's interest, especially because they can see people living with these cars that in some ways are seen almost like borderline exotic, that because there are not many of them on the road, just especially around here. And you get to see people living with them day to day, realize that they're not, you know, they're not boxes, they're not nails, they are decent good cars they're a lot of fun to drive yeah. so i think it'd be good to see us do the same thing there really and to kind of go back to the question around was the question around how we try and change the view of it being for all the people like here in the Netherlands. yeah because like i said mostly like when people think of car clubs car clubs motorbike clubs they think oh it's more for like older people and i think that's also why like a lot of young people are a bit not scared but they're a bit like, oh, I'm not sure whether I should join that. I'm not sure whether I'd fit in. Because I know when I first joined Alfa Romeo Club, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. What if I'm the youngest there? Then I might not have anything to talk about. But then everyone was so friendly. So it was really nice. And then when I did the Barrels Cafe meet, I got to like get to know a lot of other people. And that was really nice. But for sure, like for young people to join such a big community, it can be a bit scary and overwhelming. You're the, you're a secretary in that section, secretary. How did you, how have you found out? Yeah, so it is, in our area, it is quite a bit of the older generation. 
but, but also had quite a few younger people wanting they've come up to us when we've been at the meet and stuff like that and they've come to us like oh i love these cars i'd love to have one of my own and it's it's really nice to see that and i think it's just changing that conception yeah. they're not a reliable cars they're fun to drive then it's got a lot of character you can make them what you want and it's not i think it's about showing that there's not just these boring cars out there and it's not all the box standard audi bmws all that it's a different car and i think it's just about if you as a young person if you show up in an alpha i think people are going to be there like well that's an interesting car i might want one for myself <laughs> Uh, I think especially it's... when it's a bright yellow meat <laughs> exactly you never miss it in the car park <laughs> but yeah i think it's i think it's just like if you see a younger person in alpha going up talking to them and letting them know about the section because we just got to get as many people into the section as possible you know it's a nice friendly group of people within the community really yeah yeah i agree with that i mean interestingly so i've been in the club for at least two to three years, really. So I did it when I, I first. I kind I, I, I not like something of the club, but I'd never really gone out because I was dating well. So at the time, it was I only bought my GTV and I got something that I wanted to wanted to show off. Yeah. Then it, I, I joined the club and my local section is the Derbyshire section. So we do things like the peak crowns. We've got another local lovely mate. We're basically meet at Danby Pottery Village. Do a, a set run through the Peak District. End up at. I know the place and that we'll go and get together. So like last year we did the Great British Car Museum, which is a fascinating place, by the way, if you ever go. If I remember, it's either one guy or it's a couple of guys' private collection, if I remember right. And it's, and I think there are additions to it. And I'm sure some, you can watch Peter it or there'll be more info, but it's a really interesting place that kind of takes you from right into the luck from the 1920s into current times with British cars. But the, but I think the problem with me is obviously I'm that. I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to anything really, and cars in particular. So I'll happily go and talk pistol rings and then and, and you know, glow plugs and spark plugs with <laughs> with guys twenty, thirty years older than me. That's okay. But at the same time, there is a part of me that's like and, and this is why I loved the full lace of this group so much is that I actually know I also just want to go and talk to somebody about like what's the best cell system for for rattling the windows on the car that I'm driving and like, you know, what's the best exhaust that you put on there and where was the yeah you know, what where was the best place that you've that you've taken your car on a road trip with a few of your mates like that that for me is the kind of thing that i'm missing uh, yeah in the group i'm not seeing as much of so even though i've really enjoyed everything that i've done in the group being able to get this as well with the east section i think could be really exciting really fun and i'm really quite looking forward to it there for the section i think it's really sorry casual name drop there uh, <laughs> like you a lot of like drive outs, for example, we did a Forest Dream Dean drive out last year. We plan on doing quite a few more this year. It'd be good to do that with a bunch of youth people as well, because I think just being part of the Regrets is something special and just drive outs with a bunch of your mates, just hanging out of the car. Well, not hanging out of the car, sorry. Hanging out in your cars is a really fun experience and it's just fun to experience it with a bunch of different alpha heads, really. Yeah. Um, did you get into Alpha in the first place? Did you get into it through other young people or was it like through older people or something like that? Well, it was mainly my boyfriend's dad who had, when I met my boyfriend, he had an Alpha 147, my boyfriend had. And then his dad has got an Alpha Sud, which he's had for, I think, about six years now. And he absolutely adores that car. 
And I think uh, my boyfriend took me up to Clee Hill in Shropshire and he took me, he gave, he was like, oh, here's the keys, just try it around for a bit. And we were on a private road and I just drove it around. I was like, oh my God, I need, I need an alpha in my life. Uh, and it was so it was a bit of both really i think there's a lot to be learned from obviously the older generation i think there's a lot to be learned from the younger generation as well i think it's just a mixture of both that needs to be respected and listened to sure Sure. how did you get into arok actually did you just find that when you got your first alpha or were you already looking into that before yeah, so I got it when I was my first alpha. I'd, I'd never heard of it before. And to be honest, I'd probably never heard of alpha before, before I'd, I'd seen seven. But yeah, I, I, I could not join the group as soon as I got my alpha because I'd seen how great they been on when my, my boyfriend had posted in there or his dad had posted in there. And I think it's just such a helpful place full of so many helpful, lovely people. And it's good to see that the Rugazi section formed to help a lot of these younger people come forward as well. So I know it can be a bit scary posting in a group sometimes when you don't know anyone. Yeah, yeah, I know. I had that when I first got my Mito. It was quite embarrassing, actually. I don't know. I asked a question in the group about what are they called? You know, the bits you put on the window so that when you open the window, it doesn't make the fluttering noise. Wind of that wind as well. Yeah, that's it. And I asked why I couldn't put them on my Mito. And it was the most embarrassing thing because it was my first car. So I didn't really know about that stuff when I first put it. And then everyone was putting in the comments, oh my gosh, it's a Mito. They don't have the rim at the top of the window to put it on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing. If you want to sort of embarrassing things that you think you should know better, I have a duty to off off on ramps last weekend because I was doing the front suspension on it. I spent 11 hours last month, last Saturday doing the front suspension on that car. Put everything back together except putting the pinch bolt back in on the bottom of the suspension, which basically holds the like track, basically the track on, onto the wheel and keeps mm-hmm. the wheel attached and straight. I took it for a test drive. Got everything except that. That, I will tell you now, is probably the closest I think I've ever come to death doing 15 miles an hour off, like, <laughs> just getting off my driveway going down and just felt the wheel just go plunk. <laughs> I was like, right, okay, yeah, no, that's that's a lesson learned very well there. And then the answer that's having to push it back up onto the driveway straight after. So you're not alone in, no matter how much I think you know a car, it does not take much to... I'm a bit of an oopsie moment, as I think I would probably prefer to that. Yeah. How about you, Scorsese? Have you got any embarrassing stories about your god? Oh, God. I don't, I can't remember actually any embarrassing moments, honestly. I don't think I've gotten to that point yet. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it's on its way. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to say some of us, some of us just are far too overconfident, I think is the problem. <laughs> now, also, like, another thing I remember when I first got my car is when I was Googling how to, because I do all the modifications myself, I don't like other people doing them. And yeah. so I was looking at how to remove the back window wiper. And I was looking on the internet. I could literally find nothing. I searched everywhere for how to remove them. Alfa Romeo, Mito, stuff like that. Nothing came up. So going back to what we were saying earlier about the TikTok channel and everything, 
I think it could be quite cool if we linked with the modified register just to do a few like videos or something to show how people modify their cars to help others. Because obviously I struggled a lot to find anything and then I had to do it myself. Whilst I think if I had the support there and a video there, I could have got it done a lot quicker. <laughs> what do you guys think on that? Yeah, it's interesting that because Stuart Munsell, who has so funny, funny story really, because obviously our Kragazzi is different to Alpha Female, which has obviously recently come out. The reason that we aren't Alpha Ragazzi is because Stuart fans his own specialist garage which is called Alpha Ragazzi. So I think if he's if you've been in my Facebook group, group, you'll have seen it recently. That I think it's his wife Lisa posted a message thanking us for essentially giving the heads up that we were going to use the Ragazzi aim and that we didn't want to clash with them. And so we, we stuck with Arok um, Ragazzi. And yeah, I think he's looking at getting some videos put together or wants to put some videos together on DIY, whether it's modifications or fixing the car up. And I think he's been asking for ideas, basically, of what people want to see. So I mean, particularly from our group, I think, I don't know whether it's a single person thing, but I know for sure that I, I've always been pretty keen on doing my own modifications or doing my own repairs on the cars. And there's definitely some stuff that I want to see from a GTV spider perspective. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff out there that Lisa and Juliet want to see. So yeah, it'd be good. It's good, it's, it'd be good use of the group actually as well. Well, Facebook and some good conversation starters, I think, to get that out there for sure. So I think that's all we have time for this week. Thank you, everyone. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. Alfa Romeo driver editor Guy Swarbrick will be back in four weeks' time on Sunday the 4th of June. Episode 81 will be available to download from 1.30pm from YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, iTunes, the club's website and everywhere else good podcasts are found. Until then, stay safe. Thank you, everyone.